Please take a moment and join us as we journey into the life-changing Word of God, coming from the Bridge Network. This message will equip you with practical solutions for everyday living, resulting in an excellent and outstanding life. You're welcome to the Bridge Network. The Bridge Network. Experience the Kingdom. There's a particular doctor who is in charge of um, who does uh, desert reforestation in Africa. He's a Nigerian, Dr. Chibuno. So uh, when they were introducing this morning, he said, Good morning, my name is Dr. Chibuno. And I thought to myself, That's not your name. Your name is Chibuno, but you are a doctor. You know, we are so embraced uh, with titles in this country that we think that's where we get our identity from. But I remember John Max was saying that when you finally, ultimately get your identity, you will need no title. For instance, when you say Obama, do you need any title to that? Or Clinton? Am I making sense? When you say uh, Tiger Woods, do you say the, M- the, the, the PGA champion, uh, best golfer? When you say Messi, do you say, the, am I making sense? Your name carries your dignity with the authority that you need. But we are so you know, great footballer, footballer of the year 1919-2013, uh, footballer of the year 2012, Messi, uh, that's, that's a rejoice. No, your name. What about the ultimate name that is above every name? It's simply called Jesus. Powerful. So I like this because I, I thought to myself, hello, my name is CEO. If you don't start getting rid of this kind of weight, you're going to be in trouble. Amen? Because you're getting your identity. And a man who gets up in his married home and gets to his wife and says, I am the head of this house, means he doesn't know that he's the head. That he has to tell his wife. Or he talks to the children and says, I'm your father. Oh, okay. The children say, I'm just discovering it. I'm 10 years old. You are my father. I didn't know all these 10 years. You don't need to do that. Am I making sense? You need to learn better ways of getting your influence done. Your title is the lowest way by which you lead. Praise the Lord. That's how you start. They make you HOD. That's your title. You start from there. But you earn the respect of your colleagues and your members over the years that your COD or HOD doesn't really matter to them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why should I be successful? Since we're talking about begin with the end in mind, I thought, let's look at the reason why we should be successful. And um, this, this by um, Kiyosaki, he, he, he's really, really influenced my life. As most of many of you know, I even have a book that's identical to his entitled called Rich Pastor, Poor Pastor. But I like what he said in this book, Retire Young, Retire Rich. He said he was, he was being asked, how did you make money? How did you become successful? He says, it is not about how I became rich, but to know why Kim, that's his wife, and I did it. And this is something you and I need to understand that the why of becoming rich is more important than the how. It says without the why, the how will not have been possible. It says without the why, the how will not have been possible. It says without the why, the how will not have been possible. Why answers the question of the end. Do you understand that? Why answers the question of why am I doing what I'm doing? He says the why is more important. It is the why that gives you the power to do the how. Listen to me. I don't know about you, but 
sometimes five, this morning my alarm went up at 5 a.m. And the only reason why I'm here is the why. Physically, mentally, I am exhausted. Am I making sense? But you think about why am I doing what I'm, what I'm doing and it energizes you. Am I making sense? It helps you to overcome whatever you are struggling with. The why is so crucial. It says the reason why most people do not do what they can do is because they do not have a strong enough why. And once you find the why, it is easy to find your own how. Once you find, instead of looking inside themselves to find their own why for wanting to become rich, most people look to the easy road of wealth or to wealth. Uh, do you understand what he's saying? Are you here? All right? He says the problem with the easy road is that it always ends in a dead end. Praise the Lord. And I know that from experience, most of us know that this is absolutely and totally true, that we always end up in the wrong place. Praise the Lord. Now, um, let me go on. For, for me, this is what I discovered. And please listen to me very, very well this morning. The God's plan and promise to Abraham is a model for all of us. Now look at what God said to him. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, out of thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Now, you see, this is the problem with Christianity. When God told Moses to take the children of Israel out of Egypt, he said, Take them out of Egypt, but bring them to me. It's not enough for you to come out. You need to have a destination. That's the end. Am I making sense? So he's saying the same thing to Abraham. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And then he goes on and says, And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great. Remember what I spoke about name this morning, position. I will name your name. Your... And thou shalt be what? A blessing. And the problem with us in Christianity many times is that we have forgotten that the reason why we need to be blessed is to become a blessing. And I will bless them that curse thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. In other words, that's the protective thing that God put into your blessing. People who bless you are blessed, people who curse you are cursed. But this is what he said, in thee shall all the families of the earth be what? That's God's purpose. That's the why of being blessed. It's not about you. That's why we did this purpose-driven life. And we realized that everything we do in the kingdom is not about us. I keep saying it over and over again. We are the only organization that exists for its non-members. It's not about us. All this carpet, PowerPoints, um, efforts we're making, people getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning, getting the projector ready. Is it about you? I have read this. But it's not about me. The Bible wants, he wants me to be what? A blessing. Am I making sense? God gives the why to Abraham and says, the reason why I want to bless you is because mankind needs you to be blessed. And if it wasn't for Abraham, there would have been no lineage for Jesus himself to come. Are you here? Are you here? If you don't get this motive right, you're going to be in trouble. Joseph had the same situation with his brothers. He got a revelation. He got a revelation when his brothers came. This is what he said. This is what he said. He said, 
And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Because God sent me before you to preserve life. He got a revelation of why he went through what he went through. That's what keeps you sane. Your why. Some people have nothing but challenges day in, day out. Challenges day in, day out. If you don't know your why, one day you will give up. One day you will stop trying. Are you here? For these two years, for it, for these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And this is what he said. God sent me before you to preserve posterity for you on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it was not you who sent me here. It was God. Who can say that here this morning? To say that they understand what they are going through in life. In other words, God's plan and God's purposes met both with Abraham and with Joseph. Are you here? Can you see it? Are you here? Praise the Lord. God has a reason for wanting you to be blessed. It cannot be comfort because comfort, I was telling them on Monday that my comfort, ladies and gentlemen, I have all the latest games. I even have the new Wii U now in my room. I love games. That's why I'm not the general overseer. Because most general overseers are not allowed to play PlayStation. You know that, don't you? Good. I have the latest games, PS3 and the Wii U. It's on my, it's on my, the one that has a separate screen. My son uses it more than because I haven't had the time to play it. Now, interestingly, the only other thing I like to do apart from playing games is I love movies. Now, if I say that the reason why God blessed me was for me to have as many PlayStation games and as many movies as I can, my wife would think that is because my wife's blessing is to watch people on television cooking. So to her cooking, having a fantastic cooker, we went to order for her cooker for her kitchen. When they showed me the bill, I almost fell down. It was almost more expensive than our bedroom. But that's what she wants for her kitchen. That's what she wants for her kitchen. That's what she likes. So, you see, the blessing is relative. I like movies, flat screen televisions, games. That, to me, is a blessing. Am I making sense? To her, it's nothing. She, sometimes I come back from, from work, the TV has not been put on all day. So how can I say that I'm blessed because I have a TV? No, I am blessed to be a blessing. Now, being a blessing, everybody gets blessed. Am I making sense? Do you understand what I just said? I'm checking some of your buttons in there. Do you understand what I've said? So, blessing is relative. You can't say that God bless you to give you a car. I don't care for cars. I don't like driving. So, if you give me a brand new car right now, thank you. You've made my life easier. I will hardly drive if I can. I will get a driver. I don't like that, but my wife loves driving. You get what I'm saying? It's relative. But being a blessing, wow, that's going to another level. Am I, am I making sense? I can be a blessing with my PlayStation. I can be a blessing with cooking. I don't know if you get my point. It's bigger. Being a blessing is always a blessing. It's the ultimate. Amen? Now, look at this. This is Dan Gote's advert. Join 
Dangote's transport flea. Opportunities for 2,000 graduates. This is, these are the qualifications. They had 13,000 applicants. You see, including PhD and MBA holders. For 2,000 jobs. 13,000. That's the original advert. Sorry, you can't read it. This is my question. One man, thousands of employees. This is what somebody wrote. In a surprising, in an unsurprising revelation that sheds more light on the level of unemployment in this country, the Dan Goteco has said that PhD and MB holders were among the 30,000 applicants received for drive trucks. But that's the negative part of the story. My positive part of the story is that one person is giving employment to 2,000 graduates. What would it be like if all of you here gave employment to 1,000 people? That's been a blessing. You see, people think that God only blesses Christians. No, God blesses people who are a blessing to humanity. That man is blessed. Oprah is blessed. Not because they do born again stuff. No, I didn't say they are going to heaven. You see, that's the problem with you. You think being a blessing is the same as being, being blessed is the same as going to heaven. You cannot be blessed to go to heaven. You go to heaven by grace. But you can be blessed on earth. Do you think this man is not blessed? If each one of us were employing people, giving scholarships, doing things, that's why God wants you to be blessed. It's not about you. You are too small in the equation. Now let me make matters worse. This is Paul Zempilza. He says, most people believe that they should achieve wealth primarily for their own material comfort or for their family. He says, this is too narrow a view. He says this, God wants each one of us to be rich in every possible way. Health, love, peace of mind, as well as material possession. God wants this, however, not just for our sake, but for the sake of humankind. In other words, the reason is that an increase in wealth for an individual almost always represents an greater or larger increase in wealth for the society at large. Yorubas have a saying that if you are the only rich person in your family, you are not rich. The reason why God made you rich in your family is to make other people in your family rich, not to give them money. I'll share that in the second service. Not to give them money. It's to make them rich too. Because if they're not rich, it's crabology. They will drag you down. Are you here? He says, this is a special issue of our modern economy where the largest individual financial rewards are increasingly reserved for those people who are making the greatest positive impact in our society. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I, I, I said them yesterday at the, at the leaders meeting that God, when you pray, your greatest gift in your time of prayer is usually not physical. It's a revelation. Whenever you pray, most of us expect physical things from God. But one of the first ways God changes your life is to give you what is called a revelation. A revelation is not something new. It's something that was there but was hidden from your sight. Revelation is an unveiling of a truth that has always been there. Am I making sense? Now, this is the problem with you and I. If you don't know why God wants you to be blessed and you don't stand in agreement with him, the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Are you here? Let's make it worse. 
in an economic world, God promised Abraham in the covenant a world which the quantity of our own wealth is directly proportional to the number of people with whom we share the reward of our increased specialization. You would only be blessed as much as you are willing and hoping to help to bless humanity. Now this looks a little bit technical, isn't it? Huh? Is it technical? Is it too technical? Can I give you some practical examples? Bill Gates. He didn't go to Microsoft to make money. I don't know why we get this notion that that's why people go to Bill or, Bill, or, or Steve Jobs. They didn't go in to make money. They went in to make an impact. He wanted to develop and bring computer software. To, he said he, he wants to put computer software on every computer in the world. He wants to make sure everybody has access to what IBM at that time was giving restricted items. The average computer from IBM those days was $3 million. When they first came out with their PC, the first PC was about $50,000. Imagine, $3 million. How many people can get that? These boys came up with 50,000 computers. It has been going down in price now that we have $100 computers. Because somebody said, that is too restrictive. The same thing with Ford. Ford decided, ah, is it only rich people are supposed to drive? Let's mass produce cars. Let everybody have access. These people became rich by trying to bless humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, let me make this statement, and if I'm wrong, check me. There is no nation, sorry, let me put it like this, nothing that has ever blessed humanity has come from a hidden nation. Check it out. The greatest inventions, medical breakthroughs, come from Germany, from Britain, from America, and from Israel. What comes out of Russia? Rush. Somebody said rush. No. Bombs. Look at them. Oprah. I, I was telling them yesterday. Most of you don't know Oprah. Oprah's first program, hey, whoa, was worse than Jerry's. As a matter of fact, Jerry Springer learned from Oprah. All this fighting on, in the air, Jerry Springer learned from Oprah. She was an expert. She knows how to bring people together. One day, Oprah woke up and said, wait a minute, what I am doing is not blessing humanity. We're not doing this kind of program again. From now on, every program we do will bless humanity. It will bless the Americans. Today, they call Oprah the unofficial pastor of the United States of America. Humanity. What about Dell? When computer people were selling computers expensively, Dell would take the computers apart and say, wait a minute, all these computers come in components. I can buy the components separately. I can assemble them and make it cheaper. I can even build to your specification. Look at these computers we bought. When, when the, first, the first projector I bought for Jesus Embassy was 468,000 Naira. Do you know what I said? The first projector I bought was 468,000 naira. Dell came out with an equivalent. It was sold for 120,000. Even Sony had to backtrack. He had a purpose in his mind. What about Heinz? Most of you know about Heinz baked beans. People couldn't get fresh vegetables. 
By, by the time it took a train ride to bring the vegetables, they would put the vegetables on ice. By the time they get there, the ice will melt. If there's a delay in the train, the, the vegetables come out soggy. This man sat down and said, how can I get people fresh vegetables without losing out? That's why they began to develop tins, jars, vacuum packaging. That's how he made his money. The list is endless. I can go on and on. But let me ask you a question. Why are you in business? Why are you in business? I'm in business to make furniture. Really? I'm in business to make clothes. Really? Answer me now. Why are you in business? You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. I was this, there's a man called Paul Peter, is it Pete Lesioni? I don't remember his first name. He just, he just wrote a new book called Advantage. Just came out a few, a few, a few weeks ago. I, I bought it, and I'm listening to it. And listen, he said this: Every company in the world has one purpose to bless humanity. And the minute you are not, you should be packed up. You should be packed up. I said, even the secular world is realizing that you should care for your customers. We in church are missing it. Who are our customers? Unbelievers, unsaved, undiscipled. People that don't even know that Jesus exists. Those are our customers. What are you in business? If I ask you people now, you will find out that you, someone said, I'm in the business of making clothes, of making hair. You're not. When you make people's hair, what are you trying to achieve for them? That's what you are in the business for. Most of us have not addressed this issue and until you are in agreement with God, his hand is limited on your life. Are you listening to me? I need to start rounding up. I think I have a few minutes left. I have shown you all things and how that so laboring you shall support the weak. And to remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give. That's it. He's talking about church. Mm-hmm. It is more blessed to give out scholarships. It's not necessary to give. We have parked our car at the level of receiving. Limiting God in our lives. He says it is more blessed to give. He's not just talking about church. It is more blessed to give out scholarship, give out help, give out jobs. Which one is more blessed? For you to give jobs out to people than for you to get a job. I like this. There's a <laughs> what do I call that thing again? What's that thing up there? That bomb or what do you call it? A grenade. It's more blessed to give grenades than to receive them. I, I don't know if I I don't know if this is making any sense. Father, make me a blessing. There are blessings and ideas that have been kept hidden until now. I'm going to tell you a story. This is a digression. There's a man called Vishal Mangwal. I can't pronounce his surname. He, he, he wrote a book called The Book That Changed, that, that, that Created This World. 
another book on truth and transformation. He said this. He said he got to Uganda and he found women coming from Lake Victoria carrying buckets on their head, taking water home. And he thought this is a local civilization. They're still carrying buckets on their head, carrying water home. But when he got to Lake Victoria, he found out that there was a dam on Lake Victoria that was generating electricity that was supplying even Kenya electricity. He said, these people are civilized. How come they don't know how to get water from Lake Victoria to their houses but can produce electricity? He said, something is wrong. They began to study. And they began to study something very interesting. He said, they began to study that the monasteries of the ancient times and of European... Of European um, origin and the monasteries of Asian origins had a different mindset. The monasteries of Europe had the concept that a man that does not walk should not eat. While the monasteries of the Buddhists had the conscience that you go and beg for your food. Now God is a walker because the Bible tells you for the first six days he walks. He said there is a difference between walk and toil. What happened after the curse of man is that we began to toil. To toil is to keep doing the same thing day in, day out just to make ends meet. That's to toil. However, in the salvation of Christ, we were removed from toil and returned to work. But the work we were returned to was creative work. So the monasteries decided, listen, we don't have wives, but we have to get water. So they began to study. And as they began to study, they began to come up with meals and methodology. Science came out of there. So they began to pump water. Meanwhile, the Buddhists of those days still beg till today. The Bible shaped their minds. Ladies and gentlemen, most of us are still toiling. We're not yet walking. To toil is to keep doing the same thing. Day in, day out. To walk is to create new solutions. Because your father is the creator. Are you here? There are ideas, concepts that God is ready for. Not only that. You see, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever seen a poor philanthropist? You can't give if you are not successful because there is a force out there that doesn't want you to be successful. It knows you are going to bless humanity. So what it has done from the, from the day you were born, the enemy's plans were activated. He put you in a dysfunctional family. He frustrated you in school. He did everything. Why? He doesn't want you to be a blessing to humanity. That is his plan. Let me ask you. Do you know your why? Do you know your why? I'm asking you. It's not a, this, is not a, this is something I cannot answer for you. Do you know your why? Are you not in business? Do you know your why? 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 because we know this is from the message translation because we know that this extra sorry because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead we pray for you all the time we pray that our God will make you fit for what he has called you to be make you fit for what he has called you to be we pray that he will feel what your good ideas and your act of faith with his own energy so that it amounts to something That's what I'm trying to get to you this morning. Do you know your why? We're starting to begin with the 
end in mind. Do you know your why? Do you know the problem? Somebody said it once. He said, the problem with most of us is that when you play football, am I right? How many of you know whether a team won or not? You know by what? The number of goals that were scored. So when you start a football match, what you're going to check with at the end of the game is who scored number of goals. In your life, what are you going to use to check whether you succeeded or failed? What are you going to use? The cars you have outside? The clothes you're wearing? The number of wives you married? Number of children, people, some people, you know, when, I, when, when Mr. Kainde was working with me many years ago, he had, I mean, this man has like 12 kids or 11, I don't even know how many. And one day I asked him, I said, how many children do you have? He says, ah, we Yoruba, we don't count our children. I said, when it comes to paying school fees, let us see whether you don't count them or not. People think that the number of children they have is an indication of their being successful. What is your why? What, when you finish, what are we going to say? It's your scorecard. What is your score? What is your why? What is the why for your business? People, you know, we still do this still today. I have so many other things, but I'm going to stop. I have to stop. I can't do all of them. Success is not a destination. It's a daily thing. Let's leave that one alone. We'll do that some other time. But listen to me this morning. There is an enemy out there who has one plan. And I was telling them this morning that a young lady came to call me last week and said, Pastor, the message you preach, the message you preach changed my life. Three days later, she sends me a text message and she had gone back to her, her old life. And this morning she sent me another message. I don't think I'm going to come to church this morning. And I said to myself, there is nothing wrong with the word that we're preaching. What is wrong is the soil that is falling on. Bible talks about different soils and then the final soil that came out was 30, 60, 100 fold. And I began to ask the people in the first service this morning at the workers meeting, let's, let's begin to pray. And I, I said, even if your soil is not good, the Bible says God can break your fallow ground. He can pour rain upon you. God can fertilize an unfertilizable soil by man. And I asked her to begin to pray this morning that Lord, these seeds, you see, not only is the word that I'm speaking to you today, there are words that have been spoken into your life that have brought no fruit, but they can still bring forth fruit because they cannot return to him void. Nothing wrong with the word, nothing wrong with the promise. What is wrong is the soil. The enemy came and choked it out in some cares of this world came and choked it out. Birds came and stole it. There were different reasons. Heat came and destroyed it. But in your own life, ladies and gentlemen, God can break your fallow ground. So I want us to pray this morning that Father, I want to connect again with my why. The why of my business. The why of my life. The why of your purpose. Because I know with this why, the how will become easy. This morning, Lord, I'm asking you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm asking you to reconnect me again 
with the why of my life with the why of the purpose of my life with the why of who I am the why of my business the why of why I was born the why the end what you are trying to accomplish I lift a standard against the machinations of the enemy I lift a standard against the strategies of the enemy designed to frustrate me designed to cut me down I say my eyes have been opened this morning my eyes have been opened the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth the truth will make you free most of you were here when Cobams came here to minister Cobams said the first few years of his career he was chasing after money Chasing after recording contracts. He was broke. He said the minute he took his eyes off the contracts, the minute he took his eyes over getting the things, and he considered his heart on being a blessing with his music, he has contracts that he's now refusing. Cobams, he was here on this pulpit. What are you putting your eyes on? And if you've put your eyes on those things and have you, have you succeeded so far? You know, uh, yesterday God gave me a thought that I haven't really articulated very well, but I remember I teach this often that Maxwell says that success is opportunity meeting preparation. Am I right? Uh, am, I, am I right? Success is opportunity making preparation. You can do nothing about opportunity, but you can do everything about preparation. Am I right? Now, this is the problem. Success is opportunity meeting preparation. But guess what? Success creates its own opportunity. That's why all you need sometimes is one hit record and other records will follow. Because success has a way of creating opportunities. If you do what you're supposed to do, God will create the opportunities. I can't live without purpose. I can't have a business that doesn't have a purpose. There must be something I'm trying to accomplish. Good or bad, right or wrong. I mean, most of you who, when you are chasing a girl, or you want to sleep with a girl, I don't know how many, how many of you that are holy here, you take her to Mr. Biggs, am I right? You, you take her out, go and watch a movie, you pour, you have a purpose, don't you? Don't you? Look at them looking at me as if they are saints. Didn't you have a problem? Didn't you have a strategy? You had an end in mind. Am I right? You wanted her to marry you or sleep with you or like you. Am I right? But when it comes to business, no purpose, no end. And you're wondering why you're struggling. The how will constantly change, but the why is critical to getting there. If you don't know your why, ladies and gentlemen, this is an excellent day to ask.